the blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast, where the podcast that gives you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and a whole lot more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm Adam. I'm John. And today, we have got a Mexican legend for everybody uh, all over the place uh, <laughs> in kind of the California, what was Mexican area at the time, but also Spanish area owned by Spain at the time. We're doing Zorro, baby. This is an all-Zorro episode. Yes. Yeah, very exciting. Um, you know, I can't remember the first time I was kind of introduced to the character. This was a pretty big, like, kind of pulp magazine character from way back in the day. And I kind of go into that more when we talk um, kind of the TV shows. Okay. You know, I think you put this All Zorro episode together for I us. Did. So why why did you do that and why are we doing that? You know, the character was everywhere. He was just kind of, you know, a character you knew about. But I first watched Zorro in the 90s with the 90s TV show. Okay. That was my first sort of watching of, you know, a Zorro in media type thing. Okay, cool. And I'm a, I'm a sucker for a good sword fighter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, swashbuckling, sword fighting extravaganza. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as John mentioned, yes, we are going to talk that 1990 Zorro show. Uh, we are going to start things off, though, talking The Mask of Zorro, which is the Antonio Banderas film from 1998. And because I <laughs> misread our notes and what we were supposed to be doing, I just saw that we were doing the Zorro TV show. John explicitly put 1990. I just saw Zorro. And so I went way back to the classic Zorro. And so I did a whole bunch of notes on the... 57 to 59 uh, Disney show uh, Zorro. And so instead of just picking the 1991, I'm like, fuck it. I did all these notes. We're going to talk that one too. We're talking all the Zorros. Lots of Zorro. And then we are also recasting basically the Mask of Zorro. Yeah. With the characters you put down, it's specifically Mask of Zorro, yeah. not like the, sh the show or whatnot. Right. So, um, all right. Well, we are all things Zorro. Pretty excited about that. Um, 1998 is when the film came out. John, can you kind of set our minds back to then? The film was released on July 17th of 1998. Uh, the Billboard Top 100 single of that week uh, must have been a big one because I'm pretty sure we've talked about it before and I know it was on the charts for a long time, so I'm not surprised that it's popped up again. And that is The Boy Is Mine by Brandy and Monica. Yeah, we've definitely brought that one up before. So, yep, yep, huge song. It's kind of hard to find Nielsen rate specific weekly Nielsen ratings past 1997. Uh, the best that I could find out was that the uh, top show on the Nielsen ratings was likely either ER or Seinfeld. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Uh, sorry, what? What day did it come out? Uh, July 17th, 1998. Yeah, very possibly. I mean, that was 98 was when Seinfeld ended, so that kind of that that last season. Very well right. could have been that. In July, though, there were not a lot of, I don't remember, like, a lot of new episodes, so maybe it was, like, a syndication yeah. show, but I'm pretty sure ER was up there, so it Probably might have been then, ER. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it could have been. Uh, in video games, the Nintendo 64 just released a game uh, that same week, actually, called Wetrix, which was a 3D puzzle game. Never played it. Oh, okay. I feel like I've heard of it. 
the New York Times bestseller was a book called The Clone and I by Danielle Steele, another name we've said before and we'll probably say many, many times again. Uh-huh. And my fun fact, on April Fool's Day in 1998, Burger King took out a full-page ad in USA Today introducing a Whopper designed specifically for left-handed people. It said the new burger would contain the same ingredients, but rotated 180 degrees. Unfortunately, thousands of people still swarmed BK and asked for lefty whoppers. Wow. I mean, that's that's a good, like, April Fool's joke. <laughs> yeah. A good a good poll. I love that. All right. That was 1998. <laughs> All right. I particularly like that uh, Burger King <laughs> uh, little fact there. Um, and before we dive into The Mask of Zorro, um, I just wanted to call out thank you everybody who reached out to me and John over these last couple weeks which have been really terrible for us Um, but we really really appreciate everybody who has sent us warm wishes um, and all that kind of stuff so uh, a massive thank you to everyone out there who uh, spent a little bit of time thinking about us that's uh, incredibly nice of you all right let's get back to podcasting which honestly I'm really excited to kind of get some more normalcy and talk and do some more podcasting so uh, yeah let's uh, talk some Zorro All right, The Mask of Zorro, 1998, directed by Martin Campbell. He directed things like GoldenEye, which we talked about, mm-hmm. uh, Vertical Limit, Casino Royale, the Green Lantern film with uh, Ryan Reynolds. Funny enough, Spielberg, who did end up executive producing this film, mm-hmm. uh, he originally wanted to direct it with Tom Cruise in the role. Ugh. Not a good choice. No. Um, but it didn't end up happening because uh, Spielberg had uh, scheduling conflicts with Saving Private Ryan. And so I think you made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then Robert Rodriguez was set to take over, um, but it's Robert Rodriguez. He wanted a little bit more of like a realistic and violent film. Of course. So then, like the producer said, "No, all right, we're going to have somebody else do this." <laughs> so then they brought in Martin Campbell. I mean, I'd love to see a Robert Rodriguez version of Zorro. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, we've seen you know, well, not really exactly the same, but I guess somewhat vigilante with. El Mariachi and he did Desperado, mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. But like tying in like an actual Zorro in like the historical side, yeah, I think that he would have done an awesome job. I, I'm just thinking the more violent. <laughs> yeah, the more violent. Absolutely. I'd love more violent. I'd love more an adult Zorro. Yeah. For sure. Uh, the film was kind of written, the screenplay and story was uh, written by Ted Elliott, among, among a couple other people, but Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio, who uh, also did the same for Little Monsters. Uh, the Disney film Aladdin, Small Soldiers, Shrek, and Pirates of the Caribbean. So those guys know how to write some really kick-butt films. And actually, like with particularly Pirates of the Caribbean, that's a kick-butt uh, action film. I think that that mixed really well with this one. Mm-hmm. Music is done by, I think, the man we have actually talked about the most uh, for any of the music stuff is James Horner. Of the films that we've talked about, American Tale, Cocoon, Aliens, Honey, I Shrank the Kids, Balto, Land Before Time, Casper, all ones we've reviewed, but then also Commando, Willow, Field of Dreams, Glory, Rocketeer, uh, Legend of the Fall, Braveheart, Apollo 13, Titanic, Avatar, Beautiful Mind, and many, many more uh, lost in 2015. I will say the same spiel every single time because he was that good of a composer. Yep. All right. The cast for The Mask of Zorro, uh, Alejandro Murrieta 
uh, a.k.a. Zorro, is played by Antonio Banderas, who's in Desperado, Interview with the Vampire, Philadelphia, Spy Kids movies. For younger audiences, they would know him as the voice of Puss in Boots <laughs> in the, Sh- the Shrek movie franchises. Mm-hmm. And then Don Diego de la Vega uh, was also, a.k.a. Zorro, uh, was done by Anthony Hopkins. Not my favorite casting in this film, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It just, it, he had zero uh, Hispanic accent. I liken his, him in this movie to Sean Connery in Hunt for Red October, where he really did not attempt to do a Russian accent. No, it was just his no. Scottish accent the whole time. Yeah, so I mean that was pretty much it. But I, Anthony Hopkins, Silence of the Lambs, and Hannibal, Westworld, Meet Joe Black, tons of stuff. I mean yeah. he's a great actor, but it's just I'm not sold. And but I do like that. You know what? We're gonna fix some of those wrongs uh, coming up in our casting. Mm-hmm. So Elena. Uh, is the beautiful Catherine Zeta-Jones. And this is really the movie that kind of, I think, really brought her to the foreground. Yes. And you want to know something interesting? Hmm. Not at all Hispanic. Yeah, okay. She's Welsh. She's Welsh? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just like that, That um, she's got a, like a slightly semi-darker complexion that I think a lot of people assume she yeah. is. Uh, yeah. I had no idea. Because she keeps playing kind of like Hispanic roles. Uh, she's got Welsh. the look. She's got the look, yeah. So, I mean, so. it's... And, and that happens a lot in Hollywood, where if you look like something, they will cast you like something. That's why so many Italians were cast as Native Americans and and, yeah. and actually as as Mexicans and, uh, you know, and Spanish mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Because they yeah. need the actor, and if you look it, they'll, you know. There is something to be said for casting appropriately. Yes. Sometimes, however, if you can't find that, if the look is right, you, you got to go with the right actor. Yeah, yeah. A strong actor can do a lot yeah. uh, of things, so. Uh, she's been in Chicago, Entrapment, Traffic, a bunch of stuff. So, uh, Don Rafael Montero is played by Stuart Wilson. Uh, he was in Vertical Limits, Lethal Weapon 3, Enemy of the State, Hot Fuzz, uh, plenty of stuff. Like, I, I didn't actually really recognize him all that much, but he did a good job in this film, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, Captain Harrison is played by Matt Letcher. He's been in Gods and Generals, and more recently, people would know him from DC's Legends of Tomorrow in the Flash show because he played Reverse Flash, the Eobart Thawne. Ah, okay. Uh, Joaquin Murrieta, uh, the brother of Alejandro, was played by Victor Rivers. He's been in Amistad. He was in like the uh, Angley Hulk film and uh, small parts in a lot of different stuff. Okay. And then Don Louise was played by Tony Amendola. He's one of those characters that actors you've seen him absolutely in a bunch of different stuff. Um, we talked about him uh, really quickly when he was in the film Lone Star. Yep. Uh, he's also in Stargate SG-1. Yep. Tons of stuff. That's what I know him from. And uh, the budget on this film was $95 million, so they're definitely bringing a big blockbuster feel to it. And it pulled $250 million in the box office, so it definitely did a good job. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. And I want to mention, in Quentin Tarantino's IMDb, it currently says in pre-production, he is working on a joint Django-Zorro film. He actually, I was just looking this up, he actually wrote a comic book called Django Zorro that was oh. was apparently the official sequel to Django. Hmm. Um, I don't know where it was published, um, hmm. but it came out not too long after the movie did. I was actually just looking that up because I was like, oh, now I want to read it. So yeah. maybe they're finally turning that into a movie. Okay, that's pretty cool. It's pretty very cool. <laughs> All right, let's get into our scene-by-scene breakdown of The Mask of Zorro. We start off with a fiery Z-cut classic Zorro action there. Uh, we see a young Alejandro and his brother uh, Joaquin. They're watching out for Zorro and 
Um, you know, they're expecting him to show up at this public hanging that is happening because right now they're in the uh, it's the Mexican War for Independence. So that's kind of where this is set. Um, Zorro does show up and uh, they do a pretty good job, I would say, of using just like the tights of Anthony Hopkins. And then it's definitely a stunt sword double mm-hmm. um, on like the wides and whatnot. But overall, it looked pretty decent. Um, nowadays, they put just like put the digital face, old face on somebody, like young him up or something for the movie. But no, the, this looked very solid. He saves the men who are unjustly hung. And overall, it's just like grand swordsmanship is happening on and, and the boys are watching. Uh, Zorro finds the boys who help him out at one point and drop a uh, statue on people <laughs> <laughs> to kill them. Uh, he gives uh, a medallion to one of the boys. Then goes off to get uh, Don Rafael Montero, and he cuts a Z into his neck as a warning. I was like, "Damn, that's pretty. That's pretty <laughs> intense, right there." He used to just cut clothing. Now he's fucking cutting skin. Yeah. So he escapes the crowd, and uh, they all cheer him on because he's a man of the people. So Zorro is. I mean, yeah, he's kind of got like that hints of the Robin Hood vibe for sure. Yeah. So I in, I did a little bit of research into the character, um, and I don't know if you were saving this for. No, we can about. say it now. Who cares? So. I was quite surprised to find out the story was actually created by an American, mm-hmm. uh, a guy named uh, Johnson uh, McCauley, who wrote mm-hmm. a bunch of... He's, he actually wrote a lot of stories that were turned into films, none that we would recognize. Um, but he also wrote a lot of pulp fiction, a lot of mm-hmm. fiction stories for pulp magazines and stuff like that. And one of them was a story called Curse of Capistrano, uh, which featured the character that would become Zora, which... I don't know why I never bothered to look it up, but Zorro means fox in Spanish. Yeah, I, I saw that too. I was like, oh, that's super cool. And that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. And I like the name too. I think that's, that's super cool. Uh, about 15 years before he wrote this story, the play, The Scarlet Pimpernel, came out. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a lot of inspiration from that. And from, you know, it's sort of the classic Robin Hood type story. But I, I think he he liked the whole, the whole swashbuckling thing. And apparently he, uh, Johnston liked to set a lot of his stuff in Southern California. And so he just set it in the times, you know, early in Mm -hmm. like the 1820s or so where most of his stories took place. Yeah. And um, one thing I want to add about Zorro is something I definitely see from from watching it here, uh, watching all the different iterations that I I watched Mm -hmm. for this. Because Zorro came out in, it was 1919 when yep. I think that Capistrano, yep. something like that. Definitely, there had to be some kind of influence uh, on like Batman. Like Zorro had to be like part of that that kind of inspiration. It's funny you say that. That is, I, in some of my readings, that was mentioned that he was clearly partially an inspiration to, and I can never remember the names of the guys who created him. Uh, Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Yeah, for the Batman character in, in like, because Zorro has a secret cave and... Yeah, he really- wears all black, and on top, I mean, he's got he's still his mother's is dead, I believe, but the dad is like super rich. Yeah, um, he comes from like this rich family. He's, he's like a, and he, and he, he's a playboy where his persona does not really seem like he would be Batman. That sort of or to vigilante, yeah, that stuff. a vigilante, all that kind of stuff. So definitely, all right. So Zora returns uh, to his home, and we find out the dude has got a wife and a baby. <laughs> Okay, Uh, and then Don Raphael shows up with men uh, because he had figured out, you know, who Zorro is. Uh, We did see that the nanny ran out um, uh, probably to, to, I don't know, rat them out. I'm not really sure, but or she just left. Um, We get a sword fight. Then uh, I do like one of the guys, one of the men just shoots 
uh, Diego right then and there. That pisses off Montero, and he stabs the guy to death. He's like, don't you fucking shoot him. And the best part for me was not that he, like, stabbed him. He, like, it... He slowly pushed it in. It was like a, yeah. it was like it was like a medium push in where it was. It just it was like oh, it's like an insult to the death. Yep, um, but he didn't actually get to shoot Diego because Diego's wife jumped in front of the bullet and she dies. Uh, we then hear the baby crying in the other room, and uh, Zoro says to himself, "Elena." So we know the upcoming Elena is mm-hmm. this child. Also, they they, they also indicate that. Um, that Montero also was kind of uh, in love with um, mm-hmm. uh, Esperanza, which was his wife. Yes. So yep. clearly yep. there was some history or something or unrequited love. I guess. And Montero then knocks out Diego, puts him in like this jail uh, cart and burns the home. And he takes Elena as a child uh, for himself. 20 years later. And we see Alejandro and his brother who have grown up quite a bit and they are captured by this bounty hunter. Uh, they're apparently criminals. I do like they uh, when they kind of get to the place and they're fighting with uh, the bounty hunter who brought them in for how little they're worth. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty damn funny. Yeah. Um, but apparently, even better, it's all a ruse. And they are actually in league with the bounty hunter guy. And it's really all a ploy to kind of you know, get the, those Spanish loyalists or the Spanish troops mm-hmm. um, and basically steal a strong box. And the people of the town that is there, they all seem to like them and stuff like that. And I particularly like how they leave those troops tied up naked, uh, tied to cacti. Yeah, like facing so. into the cactus. Exactly. So if they move too much, uh, it would have hurt immensely. Yeah. I did recognize one of the townspeople um, from that little scene right there as Tony uh, Gerano or Garano, um, he was Miguel in Tremors. If you remember, he was the, the Hispanic guy oh, in Tremors. Oh, yeah, yeah. I really recognize that only because I saw Tremors like less than like a week ago. Oh, okay. When I, when, when I was not, when I was back, still at your place, or yeah. on the flight back, back home, I watched Tremors, and man, that movie is so good. <laughs> it's so good. We'll eventually do it, but, yeah. you know. Alejandro and um, his brother run into a shit ton of guys led by this mean captain guy, Captain Harrison, who is apparently like a U.S. troop who is now working with, um, you know, the Spanish government or whatever. He shoots the older guy uh, who was the the fake bounty hunter, and he captures uh, Joaquin, um, but instead of taking self-capture, Joaquin just turns the gun on himself and shoots himself. I guess because he'd rather die than be taken... Uh, held, held captive. Yeah. Alejandro, though, because of all the insanity, is able to hide, and he is able to get to his dying brother, who just had his head chopped off, uh, <laughs> and he uh, takes his medallion. Um, if it was, if this was a Robert Rodriguez movie, we'd have seen a lot more of that shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> would have been much more. But anyway, yeah, he takes the medallion that Zorro obviously gave to his brother when they were younger. We see. Uh, the older Don Rafael Montero, who visits the dungeons, he's looking for the guy who was Zorro. Interesting scene where they all kind of claim to be Zorro. Uh, I guess it's, you know, they all remember Zorro and, and love him and want to protect him. Uh, but we also see Anthony Hopkins there. You know, the real Zorro is there. Uh, when he's left alone by the guards, kind of in his cell, he kills a dude pretty quickly and uses gunpowder to blow the chain off of his foot and then escapes via pretending to be this other guy that the guards had killed who they thought was Zorro. And so they take the not dead, but actually 
thought they, they thought was dead, but not dead. Zoro bury him, and then he escapes via climbing out of being buried alive, which uh, that would have been a scary way to try to escape prison. Not going to lie. So <laughs> Montero goes and talks to the people because uh, he's just like finally returning to this area. You know, he's like the governor or whatnot. They all still kind of like say, oh, F off. We still love you. We still love Zoro. All this kind of shit. We see Elena. We meet the daughter all grown up. And Diego, who's in the crowd, sees his beautiful daughter for the first time in 20 years. Uh, Alejandro, who is drunk, is uh, trying to sell that uh, medallion for, like, a drink of whiskey or something (laughs) like that. And Diego kind of stops him. You should not trade something like that for a mere glass of whiskey. Why not? You think I could get two? (laughs) Which I thought was good. And uh, then basically stops him from drunkenly attacking Captain Harrison, who he notices on the other side of the street. And instead of picking up a sword and, you know, trying to go kill him, he's like, all right, I will teach you my ways and you can get your revenge. I like how he kind of quickly just disarms him when he first like picks up a knife and Zoro just like, no, you ain't shit. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so he is going to make him the new Zoro and he reveals himself to Alejandro as Zoro, which of course he's all, you know, awestruck and whatnot, takes him to his bat lair, Zoro lair, <laughs> fox lair, whatever you want to call it, and kind of starts some training. Alejandro draws his sword and we get a great little line here where uh, Diego says, Do you know how to use that thing? Yes. Yeah. Pointy and goes into the other man. This is going to take a lot of work. <laughs> anyway, they kind of get their training. We get a little bit of montage on that and little cute little thing. He's got to clean himself up because, you know, he's kind of been, uh, you know, a drunken slob for a little bit of time. But one thing about Zorro is that very suave aspect. Oh, yeah. Of Zorro. So you got to clean him up. You kind of got to shave him, um, make him look real good. He uh, goes into town. We see... This unruly horse, this really kind of like this black, beautiful horse. Zoro always had, he rode a black stallion, and it was named Tornado mm-hmm. in the show um, and most all that stuff. And so this is kind of there. Even Alejandro mentions, oh, th- it looks just like uh, your horse, Tornado, back in the day. And so, of course, he has to try and take the horse, but it's owned by the military people. And so that night... Kind of as Zorro. He's not wearing all black. He's wearing like a regular peasant kind of shirt. Um, but he has this different kind of bandana over his head um, as, as a mask. He goes to try and steal the horse. He sees Elena real quick, though. Flirts with her pretty good. Mm-hmm. I mean, and who wouldn't? Oh, of course not. She is a beautiful, she's just striking woman. Uh, so he does steal the jet black horse from the stables, dramatically busting through the barracks and, you know, fighting all those people, fucking up. He falls off the horse at one point because obviously he's not perfectly trained yet. He barely had one training montage, so he's not <laughs> he's not there yet. But yeah, he has to, uh, you know, kind of fight his way out. And we get some classic, like, grabbing onto ropes and swinging across the room and... All those kind of like swashbuckling, sword fighting things and, and good humor. That's one thing that this movie does quite a bit of is a lot more humor than um, the shows mm-hmm. of, of Zorro from previous. Yeah. So and I think they're I mean, they're trying to tie that in with um, I mean, yeah, it's blockbustery. I mean, hell, we see that. I mean, that is the formula that we see. Hell, I mean, after this, things like The Mummy, like a whole bunch of those blockbuster films, you add in great action and 
a lot of just kind of fun humor yep. and boom. I mean, that's 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 the Marvel formula. Yeah, and it's working. Oh, big time, <laughs> big time. And would you say so far in this film, it's working for you? Yeah, more or less. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, I agree. Um, so he goes to the church to hide, which he does so in a confessional. Just so happens, Elena is in the confessional already. <laughs> That's an interesting happenstance. Get a nice little funny interaction where Alejandro is pretending to be a priest, finding out she had improper thoughts about this masked bandit guy who was just at her place. Tell me more, my child. Well, I tried to behave properly the way my father would like me to. But I'm afraid my heart is too wild. Too wild? Yes. Could you be a little more specific about that? I had impure thoughts about a man. Huh? I did. I think he was a bandit or something. He wore a black mask. That would be awesome as hell to know that Catherine Zeta-Jones had improper thoughts about me that I <laughs> from before. But I mean, that's exactly just kind of funny. Uh, Captain Harrison comes in searching for the masked man. Uh, he sees Elena. You can tell it's kind of almost parallels the previous Zorro um, because Captain Harrison fancies Elena, and obviously Alejandro fancies Elena. So it's kind of very, very similar to where Montero and Esperanza, um, who ultimately picked uh, Diego earlier, kind of very similar situation that's happening now with Elena. They kind of realize that, oh, he must have been in the confessional because the priest is not in there. He shoots into the thing, but by that time, Alejandro slash Zorro has already escaped. We do get a bit of a comical scene, and I kind of remember this from the trailer where Alejandro's on top of the roof. And I'm going to just say Alejandro because, hell, there's two Zoros in the film. Right. So there's <laughs> I'm not, just got to make sure we know who I'm talking about. Right. Where Alejandro's on the top of the ho- of the roof, and he's trying to get his horse to, to come stand under him so he can jump on it. You know, it's just, it's kind of funny. The starts ho- calling him names. Call, starts calling it names, and then once, once he whistles, it's kind of almost like a classic, you know, movie whistle mm-hmm. when the horse comes at that call. You know, and he jumps down and the horse moves. Haha, ha, I feel like I definitely saw that in the trailer. Kind of funny. Uh, so he returns to Diego, who they bicker uh, about things. And Alejandro, then uh, he's just basically telling him, hey, you, one thing you got to learn is charm. So then they decide to go to this event that Montero is holding to try and like practice that to get in good with him. And he does a good job, honestly. Alejandro picks up very, he's very good at conning people and that kind of stuff, which I think we can assume and, you know, through his days. And we saw that earlier with the whole bounty hunter thing, yeah, the trick that they played. So I think that was set up pretty fine that he worked on that. You know, he does some flirting um, and then also kind of like actively hiding his true thoughts uh, when he's at the table to try and gain the approval of Montero and try and get into his good side Mm -hmm. uh, while we see Diego sneaking into the house. Then it's dance time. We get a very (laughs) sexy dance with him and Elena. Uh, which he does that to basically to distract Montero because that's Montero's adopted daughter, if you will, or stolen daughter. Yeah. And, you know, he's protective of her. Um, it does get him in there and he can talk to him a little bit more and get uh, invited to this meeting with other influential people of the area where we find out that Montero has this whole plan for independence for uh, the California region. Yeah. Of, which was called of, Alta California when it was owned by Mexico. Alta California, you're right. Yes, owned by Mexico, and so he wants he wants it to be its own nation. Uh, I assume because he wants to be the ruler or 
president day right. or whatever. Which I would be sitting in Alta California if if he succeeded. Yeah, you probably you would. Absolutely, it was yeah, it was a pretty big region. So, um, but instead of you know fighting their way and doing it that way, he wants to just buy it from Mexico or from Spain, mm-hmm. whichever. And he plans to do so from this mine uh, that is their own mine. It's not. It's basically he's using the Alto California mine that is owned by Spain or Mexico yeah. to take that own gold to buy it. But he's also using basically slave labor. Not basically. It's slave labor. <laughs> so it's kind of like my. It's like kind of like when my kids ask me for money to go buy me a birthday present. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty similar but on a much grander and on harsher scale. Yeah. Um but yes, so Alejandro sees all of the mine, he takes people there and so he's disgusted by it. He even sees that old kind of fake bounty hunter guy that he used to run things with who uh at this moment decides to charge <laughs> Captain Harrison. You I know you. You bet you do, Peckerwood. I'm the legendary Three-Finger Jack, and you are a bunch of murdering trash, dressed up in fancy, sweet-smelling doodads. Ignore him, gentlemen. He's a common thief. Ha! As common as they come, but I ain't nothing compared to you, gentlemen. I steal gold. I steal money. But you, you steal people's lives. Oh, damn you. And down the horse that brung you! Ah! Takes this, like, mining cart where he takes a pickaxe and kind of goes down it and then flies out with some wire work. And then he gets shot by the gun, which changes his momentum completely, which is not at all how guns would work. No, that's not, there's no way that that small of a caliber of gun would have changed it. Like, it would have to have been like a cannon yeah. to, to have actually done that. <laughs> yeah. So it was a pretty ridiculous uh, scene, but oh well. Um, but basically, just seeing like another tie-in to um, how Alejandro's life of you know why he needs to stop this plan. Mm. We see Elena who talks with Diego, but Diego's acting like he's the servant of Alejandro right now. Um, so and they're kind of getting a little connection. So cool, of course, yeah. they're father and daughter. Uh, Captain Harrison talks with Alejandro in private, and kind of strangely shows him the head of his own of his brother. The head of uh, Joaquin. At this point, I'm like, does he know? Yeah, they never made that clear if he knew, but they they certainly were indicating that he knew. Yeah, because, I mean, specifically he showed him the head and then also the hand of the three-fingered guy that was his their other partner. Yeah. And so it's like, it didn't seem, I mean, kind of they kind of made it seem like that gang or whatever was like his big main villain but they just to 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 captain harrison they just would have been another outlaw group yeah like they didn't give us any kind of moment of realization where the captain was like figuring it out or something just all of a sudden he seemed to know and Mm -hmm. later when they find out for sure he doesn't act surprised so i feel like he has to know but at what case why didn't he say something it's it's a little this part's a little weird it was absolutely because i thought the same thing i'm like okay yeah he's obviously suspicious um, suspicious enough to show this guy a dead head, dead head in a jar, <laughs> but not suspicious enough to tell everybody else, hey, I think this guy who got into our good graces and learning all of our evil plan in like an hour, but whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> in the market, Elena is stopped by this random woman. You know, she's trying to buy something from her. And we find out that it's the nanny from before who kind of confuses her with, oh, I know you. Uh, you look just like your mother, and I, I nannied for you and, and all this stuff, and you're Diego's son. You're not 
this other stuff. And so she just gets a little bit confused right now. I mean, I guess maybe if she looked a lot like her mother, but she was a baby. It's kind of yeah. hard to tell. <laughs> it's kind of very hard to tell. Yeah. But uh, Diego gives Alejandro the actual Zora mask because he's ready now. And he wants, uh, wants them to actually don the real Zoro costume. To get things started with that, he burns this big fiery Z on the hillside near Montero's estate, uh, which helps Alejandro sneak in, who steals a map of where the mining thing is and kind of like for evidence to try and bring down their dastardly plan. Uh, We get a sword fight uh, with Harrison when he eventually runs into him uh, and then Montero after that. I gotta say, I really thought Antonio Banderas did a really good job with his sword fighting. You are correct. Yeah, the sword fighting in this film is really strong. Yeah, and it's it's kind of not surprising because actually I think a lot of it was choreographed by a guy named Bob Anderson who very uh-huh. famously choreographed all of the sword fights for Star Wars. Oh, and isn't isn't that the same guy who did who was like worked with like Errol Flynn? Yes, um, like the famous sword guy yes. from in, like. In oh, fact, he specifically said that Antonio Banderas was the best sword fighting actor he'd seen since Errol Flynn. Oh, that's killer! And also, also uh, Banderas spent like um, four months training with the Spanish Olympic fencing team. He he went up he went above and beyond for this character, and you know what? It shows in some really really incredible sword fighting scenes yeah the action is solid if you guys are like a fan of any of that kind of sword fighting and that kind of stuff absolutely i mean as i already mentioned like the writers did curse of the black pearl and i feel like they did a pretty good job like a pretty good job with some of that action Mm -hmm. stuff this movie does a really good job with the sword fight action and just and the acrobatics and there's a there's a lot of stuff that that uh, went into this that I, i appreciated uh, Alejandro eventually escapes into the stable, but Elena is there and she wants to defend her father because she knows that this guy must have stolen something from, from him. And we get a incredibly flirty sword fight. <laughs> Absolutely. We remember probably this scene from the trailer. Yeah. I don't have the time to give you the proper instruction. <clears throat> I have had the proper instruction since I was four. Yeah, it, you know, they he forcibly kisses her uh, and then forcibly cuts off her clothing um, on his way to victory in the fight, including cutting off her entire top yeah. and just falls. And luckily her hair is placed in front of uh, her naughty bits. They're not really naughty. No. Her in front of her breasts. And uh, then they and then all of a sudden she likes him and they have this passionate kiss. Yeah, that's the 90s for you. <laughs> I mean that 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 kind of thing I don't wouldn't happen I don't think now. Is that how yeah is that how you got your wife you just you started <laughs> swashbuckling her clothes off and then she didn't think oh wait no this is rape yeah, exactly this is a problem <laughs> she just like well this is good wow how hot no no I don't think it went anything like that yeah it was it was strange I mean yeah there was obviously flirtation and whatnot happening and even before this she knew it was the same bandit from before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she was kind of enamored by that, but it just, it felt in, in the 2020 eye, it felt like, yeah, this just is off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he escapes 
and uh, we get a chase scene as Montero's men go after him on horseback, all that kind of shit. Uh, Alejandro does eventually escape, and he returns to the hideout, but uh, Diego has decided he's not going to continue. He doesn't care about any of the other stuff. He just wants to go and get his daughter, because that's all he cares about now, which uh, Diego then goes and confronts Montero, um, who then has Elena come in, and she learns the truth right then and there, even though, which she takes it kind of pretty well. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to find out that you're, you're the guy you thought your dad, not that he isn't your dad, but that he basically was the cause of the death of your mother, right? imprisoned your real father, um, and stole you. Yeah. Like, that's... <laughs> I'm sure he was a good father to her, because she clearly loved him like a father. Yeah. But there was obviously, you know, deception there that he's a murderer, and that's that's a... That uh, that can that can change people's opinion pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So, uh, but Diego is once again captured, but now Elena uh, helps him escape. Well, fair enough. Yeah. Um, at the mine, Alejandro as Zorro shows up, and he's there to f- try to free everybody. But Harrison and Montero come. Um, they you know they had all these people locked up because they're going to you know they they have enough gold that they need, and so they're going to kill everybody. They're going to blow up the mine and blow up everybody to you know, hide the evidence that they're stealing this gold and, and their whole, you know, their whole plan. So Zoro has to fight his way through the bad guys, also fighting Montero and Harrison along the way. Luckily, Diego has a change of heart and he does come to help. They end up basically exploding the mine um, and Diego, you know, fighting along with uh, Montero and whatnot. Alejandro does get a good stab into Ca- uh, Captain Harrison and then... Diego ties Montero to this gold <laughs> cart that shoots him up and down on the uh, the cart and Montero fall onto Captain Harrison, who I already thought was basically dead. Right. And then when that gold cart was coming down, I'm like, oh, yeah, you're really fucking dead. <laughs> you even kind of see I, I couldn't tell if it was Montero's or, or uh, Harris's body. You see kind of flop off to the side a little bit when the things <laughs> yeah. are crashing. Yeah, I was probably Montero who was being drugged by that heavy gold cart. So, yeah, they they definitely did. Um, Elena helps uh, rescue the people and everything. They get everybody out. But Diego, who had sustained a couple wounds uh, from his battle with Montero, uh, dies from those wounds. Mm -hmm. So uh, we cut to later, and Alejandro is telling his son the story of Zorro, of his, uh, you know, his grandfather. And we get Elena and Alejandro kiss. Passionate. It's all about romance. I get it. And it ends. We get a silhouette of Zorro pop up and a fiery Z cut into the screen. Mm. Um, and it ends. And you would think there would be like this sweet action-y song with that awesome screen Z cut. Yeah. And instead we get this shitty ass romantic <laughs> song that plays at the end uh, called I Want to Spend My Life Loving You. It was written by James Horner and sung by Mark Anthony and someone named Tina Arena. I want to spend my lifetime loving you. That is all I ever do. And I was so incredibly disappointed by that song. <laughs> I didn't stick around for that part, so I didn't remember it. Okay. Um, I really did plow through that, but we've got a, a multiple Zorro things to go on. And this movie isn't the most 
and not the thickest on plot where right. you know it's there's a lot of action and I'm not going to talk about every every sword block and parry right. and whatnot you know ultimately you know you kind of move through it very fast um, I'm kind of curious about your thoughts first so believe it or not this was actually my first time seeing the movie okay. I've never actually seen the movie for some reason I just kind of never got around to seeing it. Um, I'd seen like clips and stuff and the trailers, mm-hmm. and I remember all that stuff. For me, I think it was a little long. It could have been cut down mm-hmm. a few. Th- there were some slow parts. The as I mentioned, man, the sword fighting. I that's the thing that worried me. And I I gotta tell you, Antonio Banderas and probably you know some of his stunt people as well. But the whole team did very mm-hmm. well. Even the villains were did a very good job with sword fighting. Like, and that's you know if if you're coming to watch Zorro. That's what you're here to see. Also, I always mention this. For some reason, I always like I like sword fighters, and I also like guys who use whips. I think a whip is a very interesting oh. <laughs> weapon because it seems like a very innocuous thing, and a guy who uses it well, I just it's I think it's really cool. And Zoro uses both. I was anticipating not liking it. I thought the movie was pretty good. I thought the sword fighting scenes were very good. I had seen the movie once before. But it was a long time ago, mm-hmm. and I feel like on TNT or something like that, when you're just kind of flipping around. I don't even know if I did see the whole thing or just kind of flipped around and, and eventually saw it. But right. I mean, there's I had aspects of it. But the, yeah, as we kind of had mentioned before, the movie has some misogynistic moments, um, some things like that that probably you'd hope would be written out of it today. It was a very 90s thing mm-hmm. at the time uh, for some of that writing. Anthony Hopkins was not the best casting. There is a plethora of strong Hispanic actors, even senior citizen act, uh, uh, Hispanic actors at that time that I think you could have cast. Do you know who was offered the part? Hmm. Sean Connery. <laughs> oh, my God. His his accent. His <laughs> accent would have been so fucking awful. That Oh, Jesus Christ. That Yeah. But you know what? We can fix that, John. And we've got our casting coming up ahead that we will do that. But overall... With those things that I think could use some updating, this is still a pretty fun comedic action film. Mm -hmm. You know, I I found myself, for the most part, enjoying it. You know, I didn't adore it and think it's the greatest ever, but did I think, like, okay, yeah, this is decent. Absolutely. Absolutely decent. All right, we're going to start things (laughs) off... (laughs) We'll go chronologically. This is a this is the first time this has ever happened. I think so. Yeah, where I just did my research for an entirely different show. Now, granted, there are a lot of Zorro shows. The very first Zorro movie was from uh, 1920. Yeah, Douglas Fairbanks, the silent actor who who played Zorro. Yeah, honestly, it's just me not paying attention <laughs> and reading that you had put the actual date on there. But in my head, I just went with the one that I felt was the more famous or the most famous, which was the 1957 to 1959 Zorro show. Um, as John already kind of mentioned, you know, Zorro's back history and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And he appeared, this character appear, has appeared in over 40 films and 10 TV series. So I had multiple different uh, TV series to try and pick from, <laughs> and I screwed it up, but... So this show was actually produced by Disney. Mm-hmm. So it was a Walt Disney production. It had two seasons, uh, 78 episodes, and four different specials. It aired on ABC back in the day. And for the cast, so the cast, uh, Don Diego uh, De La Vega slash Zorro was played by Guy Williams. 
He actually is probably best known as uh, Professor John Robinson as the dad in Lost in Space. Yep. Classic TV show. He also played Sinbad, um, a small reoccurring role in Bonanza, a bunch of stuff for him. And his real name was Armand Joseph Catalano. Well, that doesn't sound very Spanish. It's not. It's Italian. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which he already said Italians can get a bunch of different roles um, because, yes, yeah. uh, that is Hollywood. All right. Uh, Bernardo is played by Gene Sheldon, who was in the Babes in Toyland movie and some other things. Uh, Sergeant Garcia uh, was played by Henry Calvin. He was also in Babes in Toyland and some other stuff. And G- Sergeant Garcia was kind of like the large, bumbling joke of a, uh, you know, of a villain kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Corporal Reyes was played by Don Diamond. Um, he was in the show F Troop from back in the 60s and also in the uh, Adventures of Kit Carson. And then Don Alejandro de Vega, uh, who is the dad of Diego. So in the movie that we had just talked about, yeah. Alejandro was not related at all. It was a totally different person, yeah. Alejandro Murrieta. But here, Alejandro de la Vega is the rich father of Diego de la vega who is actual sort and that's how it was written in the original story yeah exactly so um so alejandro here was played by george lewis who was in a bunch of small parts and tons of stuff everything from lone ranger adventures of rintintin gene autry roy rogers he actually even had a small part in casablanca so um his first credit going back i noticed to 1923 so yeah long career for him Cesar Romero was actually in a couple episodes. Uh, Rita yes. Moreno, James Hong, and Lee Van Cleef all had like a either a one-off or a couple bit parts. Wow, James Hong, like Cartwright James Hong. Cartwright James Hong. Wow. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. Plug to Cartwright. I don't need to do it. You guys yeah. know what I. <laughs> you didn't know I. That I love guy my... is so prolific. I didn't realize he'd been around that long and in, in doing Dude. stuff. Dude, and as far as I know, he's still kicking, still going. And I. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like in his 90s and he's still doing stuff. Um, yeah. I think I think when we talked to Bonanza, I'd mentioned he even did like an episode of Bonanza. Oh, too. you're right. So like, yeah, James Hong is just a top, top tier character. Actor. Uh, yeah. And this show, just like the character of, of Zorro and whatnot, is set in like the they call it Pueblo, Los Angeles, um, back in kind of like the Spanish control Mexico, um, kind of in that early-ish 1800s, 1820-ish, that kind of era. Yeah, I think the Mexican War of Independence was, like, around, like, the the 18-teens to, like, I think it ended, like, 1827 Mm -hmm. or something. I don't know my date. It's 1820-something. And basically, this show would follow Zorro and Don Diego and the character, kind of dealing with the corrupt local officials, helping people of the area, all that kind of stuff. Very action-driven. And there was actually in the show, in the show there was a good bit of swordplay mm-hmm. and quite a bit of like scenes on horseback and all that kind of stuff. Which actually, that kind of makes me think of that the scene from the movie where Alejandro is trying to get the horse and jump on its back. Mm-hmm. It kind of honestly really made me feel bad for like the horses <laughs> back in those days. I think they honestly did like have guys like jump on their backs from like way too high positions and stuff like that. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking, it's probably pretty rough. Yeah. So I don't think ASCAP, uh, not ASCAP. I don't think uh, ASPCA. <laughs> I was say ASCAP. That's a, that's a music. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. ASPCA didn't really, um, you know, have their, they, they, they couldn't help with those productions yet. So, uh, the theme song, I want to talk the theme song of the 1950s show. Out of the night when the full moon is bright comes a horseman known as Zorro. This bold renegade carves a sea with 
displayed a Z that stands for Zorro. Zorro, the fox so cunning and free. Zorro, who makes the sign of the Z. It was done by Norman Foster and George Bruns. Uh, Bruns did music for Disney. He was basically a Disney contracted uh, um, composer. Mm-hmm. So he composed music for 101 Dalmatians, Sleeping Beauty, Sword in the Stone, Jungle Book, Aristocats, Robin Hood. Ball- and, uh, he also wrote the Ballad of Davy Crockett. Davy, Davy Crockett. Um, he's the one who wrote that one, as well as he did the song Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me, for the Pirates of the Caribbean theme ride. Oh, nice. He wrote that one. So, yeah, pretty cool there. And it was uh, this song was originally recorded by the Mellow Men. And the Mellow Men uh, was actually a group that Thurl Ravenscroft was a part of and was a founding member on. Remind me. I recognize that name. Remind me. They're great. Oh, yeah. Uh, On top of being just like uh, he's a voice actor in a bajillion, like classic Disney and stuff like that. Okay. The theme song itself was very old school, but I liked it. I thought this 50s one was actually pretty decent. Okay. And he, like I said, he had that sweet jet black horse named Tornado, um, which in the movie, they pronounced it Tornado. And in the TV show from the 90s, they actually call it something different. They call it Tornado instead of Tornado. <laughs> but whatever. So they're changing it all like crazy. There actually was a limited series sequel for this show that uh, aired in 1983 called Zorro and Son as like an actual sequel to this specific show. So it was set about 20 years after the first series and where, you know, obviously Zorro's teaching his son how to be the next Zorro. Mm. It's kind of a, unfortunately, a little bit more comical version. But one of the guys who was in the show that we're about to talk about played the older Zorro. And that one, we'll get to that when yeah. we talk the 1990 version. Apparently, somebody saw... Uh, was that this show created a problem with uh, Z's being graffitied onto school desks and like walls across the U.S. Because kids wanted to be cool like Zorro, so they would etch in a little Z all over. I uh, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah. So you did a quick watch. Like Literally, we got together and we were about to record. And then I was like, yeah, so the 50s show. And John was like, yeah, it was the 91. Why didn't you watch it? I was like, oh, crap. So we broke apart for 30 minutes. <laughs> I did some quick notes and watched one at one and a little bit of an episode into the 90s version. And you watched a real quick episode of the 50s yes. version. Tell me what was your fast thoughts on watching one of those episodes? Um, it was fine. There was there was a good amount of humor in it, which I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, it I mean, it was very much a 50s TV show. It reminded me of all the shows that I used to kind of watch from, you know, when I was a kid watching the, the old Nick at Night reruns. Andy Griffith show, F Troop, those kinds of shows. I wish there had been a little bit more swordplay in the episode I watched, but mm-hmm. that's you know that's fair. They were they weren't all going to be the same, and that was just the one I that was the first one I happened to pick that came up, uh, which I think was actually the second episode. Okay, uh, it was fine. Uh, the characters all seemed very fleshed out. They had the sort of funny bumbling sergeant. Um, mm-hmm. Who was you know like the kind of goofy ones, and then the the main uh, the main uh, guy who was kind of like the main bad guy for Zorro mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, it was hard to get like an overall impression just watching one episode, but it was it was fine, and like there wasn't it was there wasn't anything about it that I noticed was off. 
Yeah, I um, was actually pretty pleased with the show. I watched probably th- at least three episodes. I felt it actually had a pretty decent kind of storyline that kind of moved through. Okay. It kind of almost like like the serials, you know, those yeah. pulp magazines. Like you would get the storylines that move through I stuff. Did I did like that. like at the very end, like serials, they had clips and a thing about what was going to happen yeah. in the next episode. Because, yeah. I mean, cool. you know, we hear about all that. That doesn't happen now, really. I kind of liked that. I thought it was it was kind mm-hmm. of a, a nice little throwback to the times, you know, when that stuff happened. So, yeah, I mean, for a late 50s show, I was pretty damn happy with it. You know, I thought the quality was solid. I thought the acting was solid. The action, yeah, it could have been more actiony, but when it was on, it was pretty decent. I liked the music. And it was, yeah, another kind of one of those 50s shows that if this was on and I felt too lazy to change the channel... I wouldn't cry. I thought this was decent enough. <laughs> okay, fair. All right, we're just going to very, very quickly transition over to the 1990s Zorro, the show that I was supposed to <laughs> uh, do <laughs> completely. So this show ran from 1990 to 1993, four seasons, 88 episodes, and it was on the Family Channel. I don't even know the Family Channel. Um, I forget what the Family Channel turned into. It turned into something, I think. Okay, turn it into something, but yeah, I just I don't remember it, you know, from from the day. But I'll look it up while you're the cat. Talking. Okay, yeah, the cast for this one: Don Diego is pl- uh, slash Zorro is played by Duncan Rager, who we talked about way way back. He was the dad in the Monster Squad. Oh, not a Hispanic guy whatsoever. No, no, and he had really no accent in this show either. Victoria Escalante was played by Pat Patrice Martinez who was actually a receptionist in the Beetlejuice movie. Um, I actually really remember her best also from uh, Three Amigos. She had a pretty large role. She was Carmen in Three Amigos. Family Channel might be wrong because what I just looked up, the Family Channel didn't start as a channel until 2008. Oh, well then why the fuck? I don't know. The CBN Family Channel is what it says according to what I'm seeing on what's now called Freeform. Okay. Yeah, it was okay. So okay, so it was. It was the family channel. It was a different family channel, I guess. Here, here's the quick history of Freeform. <laughs> it was originally called the CBN Satellite Service, uh, and then called the CBN Family Channel or the Family Channel. Then what we we remember best, Fox Family. Ah. And then after Fox Family, it shifted over to, yeah, it was sold to ABC Family and became ABC Family. And then became Freeform. Okay. All right. So that's all over the place. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Victoria Escalante. I already said she is. Uh, Sergeant J- uh, Mendoza uh, was played by v- James Victor. He was in like a Spanish soap opera for quite a bit and uh, Stand and, and Deliver. Uh, Felipe, who was kind of a mute helping He was boy. sort of sort of like Bernardo in the old TV show was actually based on a yeah. character from the, the show who was like, in the in the book, I think he's a deaf mute. In the show, uh-huh. he's just a mute. Um, and mm-hmm. then they had the same character, same type of character for this one, but they just made him like a, a like a teenage boy. Yep. Those vigilantes love their teenage boys. <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, why is that a thing? Uh, but you would recognize the guy who played Philippe or Felipe uh, Juan Diego Bato or Boto. If you watched the recent Suicide, the Suicide Squad movie, because he played that uh, president, the Presidente, that Harley Quinn uh, kind of falls in love with and then kills. And oh. th- that storyline was weird. Yeah. It's oh, completely man. unnecessary storyline, but uh, that he was the president. Well, I'm glad to see he's still working. 
Actually, I'm looking at I'm yeah. looking at stuff now, and the dude's been working pretty much ever since. So definitely. Oh wow, God, this guy's been working all over, um, like Spanish TV or Mexican TV, mm-hmm. or he's just man, the guy's been working nonstop. Uh, and then the father, Alejandro, is played by Henry Darrow. Uh, he was on a soap opera called Santa Barbara. He was in a movie called The Hitcher, uh, but he played Zorro also in the 1981 version. And then he played the older Zorro in Zorro and Sons from 1983, which was the sequel mm-hmm. kind of series from the 50s one. So, hey, they kind of tied yeah. in. <laughs> How about sure. that? Uh, some other well-known actors that you'd recognize who had like um, one-off parts or kind of like cameo parts. Uh, Daniel Craig was on two episodes. Uh, Adam West was on an episode, Andre the Giant, Warwick Davis, and Rowdy Roddy Piper all had uh, small There's picks. also a, a, a character actor by the name of uh, J.G. Uh, Herlitzer, Herzler, Herzler uh-huh. who was in like half the show. He was in like 38 episodes. Uh, Star Trek fans um, would know him as a, a great character actor from Deep Space Nine. He played uh, Martok. All right. Um, actually, I ended up obviously just watching one episode, yep. and there's a tiny bit of bleed over into another. But uh, the one that I watched actually had some detective qualities where, like, Zoro like, took, like, a blood-stained shirt and was trying to do some analysis thing mm-hmm. on it. And it 100% reminded me of Batman. And I think maybe they were trying to tie that into the well, show. Well, I'll, I'll do you one further. There's an episode in here that Adam West guest starred in as a character uh-huh. named Dr. Henry Wayne. <laughs> okay, so they, yeah, they just one hundred percent kind of like a hey, this is the this is the Batman ties a you know a little inspiration right yeah. there. Very cool. I watched. I, but, I had actually started yeah. watching this series on and off for the last I don't know a couple months after I saw it was on. I knew we were eventually going to talk about it, so I kind of I didn't watch it continuously. I just kind of watched like an episode here, episode there. Um, the one I watched to kind of remind myself of this before we started talking was one where uh, an English swordsman came in where every town he went to, the first thing he would do would be kill the best swordsman in every town so that he would be the best swordsman. And it was uh, kind of an interesting idea, except for the fact that there were a whole bunch of soldiers standing around with guns who stood there and <laughs> did nothing. That You know, I even remember there was a part in the movie where Captain Harrison like tosses his gun away to do the sword fight with Zorro, and it's like, just shoot the fucking guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're you, no one. We know you have no moral code. He's he's. Uh, I I guess you know threatening his manhood by saying, "Yeah, you can only defeat me with a gun." And who knows? Yeah, yeah, How, yeah. it led to a good sword fight. So I'll, I'll I I can forgive it. True. I will start off. Sure. Uh, that's all I had. Did you have anything else to add on this? I one? can anything else I have to add. I can just kind of say in my roundup okay. stuff. Oh, I, I you know what I forgot to mention the theme song. When daggers are pointed at innocent hearts And muskets are ready to fire Where tyrants ride high and govern with fear As the forces of evil conspire Then from out of the night a hero must rise With courage that even a mask won't disguise They turn to I've got some notes on that theme song. <laughs> I shit, I bet you do. That theme song sucked balls. <laughs> I, I <laughs> knew you were going to say that. All the balls. Um, it was actually sung by someone named Kathy Campo. Uh, she is the niece of Rosemary Clooney, 
who Rosemary Clooney had three number one hits and 11 more in the top 40 uh, back in the 50s. And Rosemary Clooney is the aunt of George Clooney um, and the mother of Miguel Ferrer. If you saw him, he's a character actor. You would 100% recognize him. Okay, I definitely recognize the name, so I'm sure I'll recognize his face. Without question. Adam, I'm going to say this. It is not a great theme, but you have to admit, we've heard worse. We've heard worse on this show, but that's not a good theme song. And it's a good segue into my thoughts. I only watched that one episode, but I did not care for the show. Um, It just was very kind of cheesy. I I didn't find it very interesting. I honestly thought the 50s version was much, much better. Um, So that particularly if I had to go back, I'm glad that I forced us (laughs) to watch both because I at least got one that I could see myself you know, like I said, if it if it happens to be on, I won't be sad about it. Um, to wear one that if it's on, I want to change it immediately. So I was not very pleased that honestly, I I even had to go and do this '90s show. So thank you for that. All right, so I watched this show when I was a kid. I did like the Zorro character. I had fun with it. I'm not gonna lie. Patrice Martinez, who plays Victoria Escalante, played a big part in me enjoying this show. I had a huge crush on her. It's not a great show. Um, it basically has the same video quality as a, as a late 80s soap opera, essentially. Yeah. And it, it's kind of what it, it plays like. You still have sort of the bu- the bumbling sergeant in this one. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I really picked it was because this is the one I was nostalgic for. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. Okay. I don't remember if it was regular viewing or if I just watched it when it was on or what, but I definitely remembered all of the... The people and the characters, I definitely remembered Patrice Martinez. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, I think it was the show that really got me into the character of Zorro. You know, with the movie coming out in 1998, I was like, that's far enough back that it would tie in perfectly. We could do an all Zorro episode. Um, It was kind of just an excuse to revisit it. I kind of knew ahead of time it really wasn't going to be that great. (laughs) Um, and yeah, I've gone back and I've watched a couple, I've watched a few episodes, uh, Duncan, uh, Reger, or I don't even know how to say his name. I thought he did an okay yeah. job as Zorro. He had a good look for Zorro. Sure. Um, sure. The, it, in this one, the writing is not great. The, you know, the, a lot of the stuff wasn't great when it came to that. So it's actually on Tubi. You can go watch it. Unless you have a nostalgic tie though, I probably wouldn't recommend going to see it. This episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast is not brought to you by... No Heinz thick and chunky salsa. Hmm. With sun-ripened tomatoes, bell peppers, onions, and jalapenos. Thick and chunky, the mark of a great salsa. All right, and now we are going to do our recasting. I just kind of elected to do the Mask of Zorro because that was going to be the easiest one to pull characters from. I could have gone back to the early story, but I, you know what? The Mask of Zorro is probably going to be the one that people remember the most. So let's just pull from there. And I pulled a, quite a few characters. We're going to do Zorro, which which was Alejandro, and then we'll do Don Diego de la Vega. We'll do Elena, Don Rafael, Captain Harrison. I threw in Don Luis just because I 
one another person, and I recognized Tony Amendola yeah. for it. And then uh, just to add another person, we did Joaquin because even though he was short on screen, he does kind of play uh, kind of an important role for the the turn of Alejandro yeah. into you know getting revenge with uh, and, Captain. And Cara. we see his head in a jar later, so he appears a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So let's go ahead and start with. Joaquin. Adam, would you start us off? Yeah, I needed uh, somebody who would obviously be older, because actually from the movie, it kind of looked like he was an older brother to me. I Kind of hard to tell. Yeah. So an older brother yeah. to Alejandro. Hi, and I also wanted somebody who I know could fucking act. For the short amount of time you're going to be in this film, um, you know, you mm-hmm. don't. Have to, hopefully you don't have to spend too much you know, money blowing your budget on that, but you still need a damn good actor. And so I picked a damn good actor. Someone I think I know, I'm pretty sure both of us have used in the past before. I'm with Gail Garcia Bernal. Okay. All right. Um, Adam, I also went with Gael Garcia Bernal. Gael, thank you. Yeah, your pronunciation is better than mine. Yeah, he just it just seemed like it's fitting. I could see him being an older brother, but he'd be a strong presence for the short scenes that he'd be there. Yeah, I mean, if you really need someone to really kind of Play off your Alejandro to have that connection, mm-hmm. you know, where they it needs to be important so that when he dies, you feel bad for Alejandro. Yep, absolutely. and I and and you're right, Gael has those chops. Yep, Don Louise, kind of a tertiary, almost un, unimportant character, but you see him throughout the movie, so I figured it was worth uh, recasting. Uh, I end up going with an actor who probably is the same age now as Tony, Tony Amendola was when they made the movie, mm-hmm. but he has a little bit more of a boyish face, so he looks a little bit younger, I think. Okay. He does come from uh, Peruvian parents, so in this case, not exactly Mexican, but it was important to me to. Hispanic characters need to be played by Hispanic actors when possible. Mm-hmm. And for this one, I went with a great character actor, Benjamin Bratt. Ah, oh, you know what? I considered him. Okay, uh, I, I guess you considered him for the Montero role. I'll say. Oh, okay. I could also I could also see that. Yeah, but I could absolutely see him fit as Don Luis because yeah, Don Luis is um, he's basically not he's one he's one of the most rich people in this area, like area in the Alto California area, and he's kind of like in league with um, Montero that kind of stuff. He's just like the you know I don't know some one one other another bad guy <laughs> basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I like that with Benjamin Benjamin Brett. Quite like that quite a bit. All right, who did you go with? Um, my Don Louise. I actually went with a much older actor, but he is a really strong uh, character actor. You've seen him all over the place in 163 credits. I'm seeing so quite a bit, a few things, but you will probably see the name and be like, oh. And once you look him up, you'll be like, oh yeah, I've absolutely seen that guy. I think he can play like a strong, probably rich guy as needed, and just kind of like you know older dude who wants to stay in power and all that kind of shit. But uh, an actor that, you know, um, I'm happy to give some love to and give him this role. I went with Miguel Sandoval. Okay. The name sounds familiar. I'm going to have to look him up. And even his IMDb picture, I wouldn't go off that. Go off, like, look at the pictures, the different photos of him on IMDb or on on Google or something. He was in Jurassic Park. He was in Jurassic Park, exactly. Uh, very short part in, in Jurassic Park, but I think you would okay. recognize him. He definitely has the look of a Don. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I am, yeah, I'm, that's totally, I'm totally cool with that. Okay, cool. That works. Cool. Oh, he was in clear and present danger. Yeah, yeah. Back okay, in- cool. Captain Harrison, the lone American. Yeah. Why he was there, I don't really know. <laughs> Just to be an asshole. 
I guess. They didn't really say why he was there, why he was working with uh, Don Rafael Montero. All right, Adam, who did you go with? We'll start with you. I needed to find somebody who was around the same age as my Zorro because they're going to both have like that same interest in Elena kind of situation. I had a little trouble, and there's a lot of different people you could go with, I feel like, in this role. Um, but ultimately, I'm with a guy who I've seen not really do like the villain roles all that much, but I feel like I could totally get douchey vibe from him as need be. Um, and he's definitely done some action stuff before, and I think even particularly like some kind of like horseback action or some of that stuff, um, I think, uh, or like at least like some medieval stuff. So he could probably translate that to uh, some of his, some of this role as Captain Harrison. Um, I went with Aaron Taylor Johnson, who was a uh, Quicksilver in the MCU and Kickass. You know, that's funny. He was, he was going to be one of my, he was, one, he was on my short list. Oh, nice. <laughs> he was on my short list. Um, I didn't end up going with him. But I had that same sort of th- like he has that same that right look yeah for that sort of uh, that sort of character. So I'm totally okay with it because I actually I actually thought about that too. Very cool. And and but I ultimately I didn't char- change it or I didn't choose him because I was like, well, I'm trying to stick with like Mexican and Spanish actors for this. Was, let me see if I can find an American actor. I didn't end up uh, getting an American actor either. <laughs> but uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson, I think, is from England. Yeah, I think so. Or somewhere in the UK. I went to Australia. There you go, and uh, and got uh, got my Captain Harrison, and I don't know if I've ever cast this guy in anything. I might have cast his brother, but I went with Liam Hemsworth. Dude, that was the other dude I was considering. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had it between Aaron Taylor Johnson and Liam Hemsworth. All right, so we're we we got <laughs> options here. I like this is good. That's fucking perfect. <laughs> I just, he's got the right. He oh, with yeah. the like the hat and the thing I could see him with like the the that kind of like western sort of uh, uh, uh-huh. custer style mustache and you know goatee or whatever I, it's got a name I don't know yeah yeah I just thought he had the right look and I was like you know what I, I got I got to go with him even though he's Australian so that's that's really funny very much on that same page all right now we're we're kind of getting to some of the big guys Don Rafael Montero I'll start off with mine he's our big bad I don't know if I want mine to be a little bit more serious. Or a little bit more action oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, I do enjoy sort of the action comedy, and that does seem to be kind of part of the whole Zorro gig. And maybe that can still work, but you still need to me that sort of Don Raphael character. He the, he was good in this one, but he, he doesn't want. It wasn't very menacing to me, mm-hmm. and I want someone who can play menacing. And this guy has played some pretty menacing characters. Uh, I went with Javier Bardem. He was one of the people I put down, like kind of like on my bigger list of that. And I think it's a great call. I also had this weird thought. So, like Zorro, Don Diego, Elena, they're from Mexico. At the beginning of this movie, Don Rafael, I, it was hard. You know, th- when the when the movie starts, they're yeah. they're doing the Mexican War of Independence from Spain, and I couldn't tell if he was going to be Spanish uh. or Mexican. So I ended up going with a Spanish actor, not not that that is necessarily important or really matters, um, because actually Antonio Banderas is actually Spanish. Uh-huh. Ultimately, I was like, you know what? Javier's got the chops to play a really great bad guy. I want to see what he can do. I think if Hollywood was creating a Zorro movie and they, they put in like a Montero or, or kind of like, you know, exactly a Hispanic bad guy like that, I think the first person they would try to go to is Javier Bardem. So I think that's a perfect call. Okay. So it's a smart call. Yeah, absolutely. My guy 
is a little bit older. Yeah, he's a good bit older than Javier Bardem. And I normally see him doing good guy roles. You know, I think I think I could still get him to, to do a pretty good... He could have some sword fighting stuff. Or if, I, if we took away some of his sword fighting and he just, you know, he was better as, as like, you know, just being a bad guy behind the scenes and, and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, I'm fine with that too. Uh, but yeah, this guy is typically, typically like well, maybe a hero, but he's a, he's definitely good, strong actor. And so I'd like to see him take on the villain role. And maybe he's done it in something that I just haven't seen, but I really would love to see it because, you know, in the... Star Wars franchise, he is a diplomat and a honorable guy as Bail Organa. He was a cop in NYPD Blue. I think he'd be a badass villain. I went with Jimmy Smits. I want to say I have seen Smits in sort of a bad guy role before, uh-huh. but the dude's a great actor. Yeah. And I think that I would be just as uh, happy to see him okay. in this sort of role. Cool. And you don't, yeah, you're right. You don't see him as much in the bad guy role. So getting him into something like this, I think, would be a lot of fun. Yeah. To see him in. Yep. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm all for that. All right, Elena, the beautiful Elena, gorgeous. Adam, who did you cast to have their shirt sword ripped off? <laughs> yeah, and you know. Uh, as awful as it would be, I'd let's get more dirty with it. Let's have a <laughs> massive nude sex scene. I am cool with this. Let's go graphic, uh, very adult. <laughs> I'm sure there's a Zorro. I'm sure there's a porn parody yes! somewhere. Adam. There's gotta be a porn parody. I know what I'm doing tonight. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I went with uh, a woman who is absolutely gorgeous. I don't know if I would say she is as beautiful as. Catherine Zeta-Jones was, you know, in this movie, but maybe. This lady is absolutely gorgeous, and she is uh, from Mexico City. Uh, she was in Baby Driver. I have cast her before. More recently, she's been in Godzilla vs. Kong and Hobbs and Shaw. Her name is Isa Gonzalez. All right. I'm going to have to look it up because I have I've still yet to see Baby Driver. I've heard it was really good. Though. Oh, it's a good, really good movie. She is beautiful. Yeah. She yeah. is beautiful. She's done with action stuff with, like, Baby Driver and, yeah. and obviously... Godzilla vs. Kong, you know, there's some stuff in there. Hobbs and Shaw, if she did. I haven't seen either Godzilla or uh, Hobbs and Shaw, but I assume she probably did some action shit in there. I saw Godzilla vs. Kong, but I don't really remember what part she played. Okay, yeah, good role. But yeah, she is a beautiful woman, and I think she could do... You know, I'd actually love to hype up her, probably her sword play skills a little bit more. they only gave us that one little sword fight scene. I really would have liked to see more. Like, maybe her actually fight... Yeah. Don Raphael a little bit, and then maybe get finished off by uh, mm-hmm. by Don Diego, yes, or something like that. But I, we did we need a little bit more of her sword fighting as well. Yep, yep, wholeheartedly agree. Uh, all right, that's a good choice. Um, I ended up going with a little bit of a bigger name. Okay, she's known for doing a lot of stuff. She's been in the acting game for a long time. She's actually only a couple of years younger than your your pick. Okay, but she's gotten a lot of hype for a TV show lately that she's been doing with uh, Steve Martin and uh, Martin Short. And I went with Selena Gomez. You know, I saw a trailer for that, and I was curious. One, I was like, can she really act? Uh, maybe. I mean, she did, like, kid acting, I mean, probably. she she's been acting in Disney stuff since yeah. she was a kid. So, I mean, she's been doing the acting game for a long time. I mean, but my, my thoughts on her intelligence are like, well, you dated Bieber for so long. So, I'm not sure I trust <laughs> some of your IQ points because of that. But I am curious how that... Uh, that that I love Steve Martin and Martin Short, so it's like yeah. those two people made me interested in it, and it's like okay, cool. I think she's even touring with them 
now oh. in like Steve Martin's like comedy show thing. Wow. So apparently, apparently they've made like really good friends with each other. Okay. Yeah. Um, I you know what she's growing up. So yeah. as far as you know, she can. I I I'm sure this is this type of role is something she could do. She's a big name. She'd be a big draw. She is. So and she is a, definitely a bigger name. And she is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. She's very attractive. I can say that now that she's older. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, she's she's born in '92, so she's she's turning 30 um, yeah. soon. So yes, she she's she's fine. You know, I've seen other stuff. She's in a movie with Timothy Shamalamalay. Shamalalay. I just watched a movie with him in it. Yeah, Dune, right? No, actually, yeah, he was in that. No, I just watched uh, Don't Look Up. Oh, okay. It's on it's on Netflix. It's got Leo DiCaprio, um, uh, oh, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Picture. Garner. No, Das the. She's in everything now. Um, oh, uh, Jennifer. Um, my God, I can't think of people's names when it when it matters. Yeah, the girl from the girl from the Catching Fire. The, yeah, the, yeah, that, uh, Hunger Games. Uh, yeah, that girl. Yeah, whatever um, her name. It is. was it was interesting, uh, but fu- really funny. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's not what we're talking about. No. Uh, all right, let's move on to Don Diego de la Vega, who should be the father. I guess Diego de la Vega is the name of Zorro in the original. Yeah, exactly. So in this one, I mean, it's the father of Elena. Um, so it's not like the Alejandro father. It's that we're picking like the if we if they fill out the same thing, it's the older Zorro. Uh, so who did you go with? I went with the one and only correct answer. In this time, <laughs> it is the right thing to do. Just get Antonio Banderas, bring him back, and he plays Don Diego this time. <sighs> That was a, that was exactly what I initially did, uh-huh. and I went away from it because I was like, no, I'm, I'm going to steer away from it, even though in my head I was like, well, obviously that's what he's going to do. <laughs> yes. He's going to play the older one. I really should just say that that's my pick, shouldn't I? <laughs> well, I mean, if you want to lie to the people, but it's let me true. know what I you're- mean, <laughs> he, he is what I initially thought, but I was like, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steer clear of reusing because I thought it was going to be too much of an old hash. Uh-huh. But you know what? That's exactly what Hollywood would do right now. Yeah, and I think um, it's a good call. He's he's the right age. Yes. He can clearly still sword fight. I'm, I'm sure he can still sword fight. Yeah. You're right. It is the right call. I'll say my guy is a backup in case okay. for some reason uh, in case for some reason Banderas doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Or maybe he doesn't need the money. Who knows? Um, I actually went with a guy who's probably relatively unknown uh, to most uh, Americans, but I believe. Uh, he is a big name in Mexican television, um, although he's done quite a bit of uh, American movies. He got his big American release with a movie called Instructions Not Included, um, but he's been in movies like Overboard, and he was in the Dora movie, which I took my daughter to and was actually relatively fun considering it was Dora, and his name is uh, Eugenio Derbez. Okay. Or it might be Eugenio. I'm. I'm. My pronunciation of Spanish is n- not what it used to be. Okay. He look. He's. He's a. He looks younger in his photos, but he's. Oh. Uh, he is the guy. I never saw this movie, but I was living in L.A. at this time when the How to Be a Latin Lover and that poster was everywhere, <laughs> and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Okay. Okay. Interesting, and I could see I could see his look fitting well. I mean, he even looks like a little he looks younger than Antonio Banderas, but not, not that bad. Yeah, so I, I could totally see his look working well. Um, yeah, and he's popping up in more and more yeah. uh, films. So 
I, I will agree with you. That was my initial pick was just to go with Antonio Banderas. I probably yeah. should have stuck with that, but I didn't, so. Yeah, yeah fair enough. All right, the big man himself. I'm just going to call him Zorro because that's Zorro. what you call him. Uh, all right, I'm going to go ahead with mine. I looked around for a long time. I wanted to go with a, obviously, Hispanic actor. I specifically looked for a Mexican actor because this takes place in, essentially, Mexico, Spain, owned mm-hmm. Mexico, and then Mexico after the independence. I needed to try. I didn't want to go too young because Zorro, to me, Zorro should be not too young. He should look like maybe he's in his early to mid-30s. Yeah. I mean, it's very similar to the Batman side. Yeah, like, you, exactly. I, I, you know, I know Batman is, like a, is a young playboy, but he still has to look like at least 30. Yeah. And, Adam, there's a reason I picked Gael Garcia Bernal for my Joaquin because I know he players well, well with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Diego Luna. Uh, I I saw a lot of other like people um, who had done like fan castings had picked Diego Luna, and I think that's uh, the guy. Even though he's over forty, he still looks probably like twenty five. He still looks very young. <laughs> yes, and he does pair well with uh, Gael Garcia Bernal from Itumamatami Yen. Yeah, and a great actor, and I cannot say no to that. Uh, and I think now he he I think he's earned his place, you know, with uh, beside from you know like Itumama Tambien, but like Rogue One, he's much mm-hmm. more of a household name than I think he was. He's 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 largely been touted as a very good actor in yeah. things he's been in. I think now he could help be a good draw mm-hmm. as a, as a Zorro. Totally so, would be. Who so. did you go with? Um, I went with uh, a guy who is a little bit younger he's he's 31 right now so he's kind of got that more of that younger playboy aspect to him he has done some little bit of action stuff in the terminator dark fate which is not a good movie i don't really recommend that (laughs) um he's been in scream queens rock of ages he actually most recently did a biopic miniseries on luis miguel who i is a i think is an entertainer a mexican entertainer but he's a good looking actor and i think will have the suave you know, feel to him when you check him out. His name is Diego Bonetta, also Mexican, uh, born in Mexico City, actually born in the same district, uh, uh, the same, yeah, area, uh, same city, yeah, as Diego Luna, so. Okay. Yeah, not, he hasn't been in anything that I have seen. Okay. I, unfortunately, because I didn't watch Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah. Is that the, is that the one that they got Linda Carter back for? Not Linda, uh, Linda Hamilton. Uh, Linda Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, Wonder Woman shows shows up. It's great. No, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is the one that they got her back. They they started off the movie by killing jo- John Connor. Like they had another Schwarzenegger. Oh, lovely. One came in and he killed him immediately. Um, it's not a great movie, but it's not the worst Terminator movie either. Okay. So what what is the worst Terminator movie? Um, probably Genesis. Genesis was fucking atrocious. <laughs> so is that the one awful. with Christian Bale? Uh, no, no, that's the one. That's Salvation. Okay. No, that that one was that was fine. That one was was passable. Yeah, it's passable exactly. Salvation, I would say, uh, is better than Rise of the Machines, but Genesis is just is worse. It's it's the worst, and then Dark Fate is slightly better than worst. Okay. Uh, yeah, I can't attest to his acting. Not anything I've seen. He's got a great look. You put a put a little pencil thin mustache on him, and I think uh, yeah, you got someone uh, who could definitely do the role so mm-hmm. i think you have a good pick i think my guy is going to be a bigger draw yeah probably more likely but overall i think we had some really good choices and uh i'm now you've got me excited to see if this uh, Django zoro thing pays off because 
Yeah. Now I want to go buy the book and read it and see if if this is what is actually going to happen. And and you know, I really I would love to see another Zora movie. I I'm sure they would try that. I'd love to see a limited series Zora because obviously Zora yeah. works in both movies and TV. It does. You can serialize it very well. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, that was our recasting of Zorro. And I want to give a heartfelt congratulations uh, to, I guess, myself, but, you know, shout out to my brother for 200 episodes of the Blast from Our Past podcast. Um, everybody out there listening, hope you guys have enjoyed what we are sending out. And we really love going back and talking about some of this pop culture that we uh, grew up with and some of you guys grew up with. So thank you guys for 200 episodes. And in our next one, we will be talking the Presidents of the United States of America's self-titled debut album. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.